Do you ever feel stuck in corporate America but have a desire to create a life built on purpose? If so, welcome to this eye-opening edition of On The Move with Tanya Morris. Certified registered coach, trainer, and speaker, Tanya Morris has the insight you need to transition from employee to entrepreneur. Pay close attention and Tanya will guide you through the three stages of entrepreneurship, discovery, design, and transition. Her energetic, transparent, and interactive style combined with well over 25 years of experience within human resources has helped hundreds transition from employee to successful entrepreneur. And she's ready to help you too. If you need someone to help you transition from your 9-to-5 job to unapologetically living your truth and walking in your purpose, you're in the right place at the right time. Here's your host, Tanya Morris. Welcome to On The Move Podcast. I'm your host, Tanya Morris, and I'm excited about this topic that we have in our guest speaker. Our topic this, this, that today is how to leverage your age and experience to start your own business. And our guest speaker is no other than Angela Heath. Angela Heath is a national recognized expert on the gig economy. Yes, I said it, the gig economy. She's a keynote speaker, trainer, and author of Do the Hustle Without the Hassle. Ooh, I love that title, Do the Hustle Without the Hassle. A quick and simple and affordable way to make money online at age 45 plus. Her company, TKC Incorporated, designs training programs and solutions for leveraging the gig economy. Welcome, Angela. Good morning. How are you today? I'm doing excellent, and thank you so much for having me on your show. Yes, I am so excited to hear it's a lot going on with the workforce, the economy, and no other person I could even think of is Angela that can tell us a lot about um, the gig economy. But for the purpose of this um, the podcast, I just want to make sure I let people know that this podcast is definitely for those who are trying to transition from the nine to five. We give you tools and techniques, and oftentimes we bring in experts like Angela to come in and give us some some insight about what is going on in the workforce. So let's start off in talking about you a little bit. Is there anything else you want to add to your bio? I know you have a lot, but and we can add some more later, but I just wanted to know that you are the gig expert. Well, um, I primarily love working with the demographic 45 plus and helping them really look at all of their life experience and how they can bring that and transition into their own hustle. That's oh, my great, demographic. Great. Well, this is this is going to be a timely message because there's a lot of people out there trying to transition, trying to figure it out, and they're thinking they're too old. So let's talk about this here. Talk about the current climate for aging individuals in the workplace. What you see well, is going you, on? I, I would say it's good and bad. Um, the good is that. Um, Technology allows us to do so much more where we don't have to actually show our face nine to five and we don't have to make a full-time commitment. So there are many more opportunities for people as they transition out. Um, The bad is that people 45 plus are still dealing with age discrimination. Many of the listeners have probably experienced age discrimination in the workplace, meaning that there's still this bias that as you get around 40-ish, 
that mm-hmm. you lose your edge. You right. lose your sharpness. You don't want to learn as much. And the closer you get to retirement, the greater the miss become. Yes. So a lot of people want to leave the workplace because of some of those myths. You know, it's so interesting that you said that. I was at dinner on, um, I think, last weekend, and we met a couple. We were sitting there having some cocktails, and he was 57 years old, and he said that he was just told that he no longer needed anymore. He said, so what am I going to do? And you're absolutely right. He said, because they hired the younger people and paid them less. And so I guess that that, that bias with that age um, is real. So let's just talk about what are you seeing from the ones that are 45 plus as they move and transition out of the workplace for whatever reason? Again, you know, it depends on why they're leaving. The people who are leaving by choice, mm-hmm. uh, who choose entrepreneurship, I see an excitement. I see a willingness to learn. I see opportunities all around them. Some people who leave because they're forced into entrepreneurism, some of them don't have the mindset to succeed. Um, They can get that very easily because they've got the skill set. But you know when you get laid off or fired, Mm-hmm. It really does impact your 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 thinking about yourself, and we all know that we have to have a positive mindset to be successful. Yeah, I was just saying, you know, one of the biggest thing, I, you know, I work with a lot of entrepreneurs as well, and it's so interesting to know that the mindset is the key. And and oftentimes we come into entrepreneurship with a fixed mindset, and I believe you need to have a growth mindset. And you're absolutely right. Depending on how you exit out of the workforce, it would depend on how, what kind of mindset you bring with you, right? Right. You know, what are some key factors that aging individuals should consider before making the jump to entrepreneurship? If if they've got a choice, Tanya, sure. they, they really need to think it through like they do anything else. So they need to think about, you know, health insurance. That's a big one. Yes. Because the older you get, the more expensive your insurance becomes. They have to think about their energy levels, and you always think about that when you're considering entrepreneurship, but we do know it is not a method, some truth, that as people get older, they tend to have a little less energy, mm-hmm. so they have to think about that. They have to think about how do they plan their spending, because those weekly, bi-weekly, monthly checks are not going to show up anymore, so how do you manage that how do you buy benefits because they're no longer available to you so there's a lot of thought that needs to go into that decision to jump you know I want to jump back to that energy level you know I look at I have two boys that are entrepreneurs and they can stay up all night they can do all kind of things and you're absolutely right as you age or get older you may not want to do all of that that energy, you know, staying up late and, and going from here to there, it just it, it definitely is a mindset to put yourself through. That is one of the great things about technology. Yeah. Because <laughs> I had a, a, a business prior to this one, and I used to have to run all over town to meet clients. But now with technology, I can meet online, I can talk yeah. through the phone, and people are fine with that. So it's a lot less of that, but you still have to have the energy to do it. 
Well, you know, it's so you said something so interesting, and uh, there is a myth out there that as you move into the baby boomer age or what have you, we don't uh, not accustomed to technology. So, talk to me about those who don't really have their hands wrapped around technology to make it more efficient for them to even consider entrepreneur piece. Yeah, this is the exciting part for me. I just did a presentation uh, a few weeks ago about simple technologies that can help people build businesses. And I call it helping small businesses compete large. There is so much. There is so much that they can automate. It takes some time to actually set these processes up, these automations. But once you set them up, they run like clockwork. And that will take you away from the nitty gritty kinds of administrative stuff that maybe you don't like to do and allow you more time to do the work you were designed to do. So what I'm hearing, there is resources out there that help them if they're not technology savvy. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Many of the tools that I share with individuals are simple and they're inexpensive. Let me give you one example. One example is that many solopreneurs, and and a lot of people start off solo or at the very Mm -hmm. small level until they grow their operation. Many don't know that there's a way to systematize all of those um, cards that they get at networking events. You know, that Mm -hmm. people write on them, I'm going to call her about this, and there's an automatic way to do that. So for those listeners out there, I'm going to get to the nitty-gritty of this. For those listeners out there that are aging individuals that have put themselves into positions to go into entrepreneurship, how do you think they can leverage and what would you recommend them leveraging their experience and knowledge to start their own business? What are some of the things you, if they're thinking about it and they're putting themselves in that position to go into this particular route, what would you say from how they can leverage their experience and knowledge? I would say that they need to do three things. Number one, they need to do a 360 assessment of what they have to offer to the marketplace. It may not coincide with their last job description. They may have other things, and more than likely they do, hobbies, other interests, things they've done in the past that they could also use. So you want to figure out what is that sweet spot for you. Mm-hmm. Number two is to look at the marketplace. Yes, you need to do a little research. Research. What is already happening out there? What are people buying? People say to me all the time, what should I sell? And I always say, you sell what people are buying. Buying, right, absolutely. So you're looking for those urgent needs that people are purchasing for right now. And then number three, I would say, Do everything cheaply. Do not, I repeat, do not cash out your entire 401k. Gambling on a business. Because the truth of the matter is most businesses do fail. Absolutely. Now we can test different models using some of the tips and tools and research that's available through the gig economy that's not very expensive. So let me ask a question now, and these are some great, the 360 assessment, and some people may not know what that is, but definitely identifying. I always tell people look at a laundry of things that you like to do, you know, hobbies, things that you're passionate about. 
And then, like you said, the number two, the market research. A lot of people have been working for 30, 40 years. They don't know where to begin doing a market research, but it's necessary. Do you have some simple ways for those who all they've done all their life is worked, and so now they want to do something different? Right. So um, I do have an assessment. It's free on my website. It's called the Big Assessment. That's the Baby Boomer Income Generator. And it takes them through. There's The free version is on my website. I use the paid version with clients. But they don't take them through an exercise to look at their gifts and talents and passions. And on the marketing side, there are ways that they can actually test some of this stuff. You know, you got to do a little research, and that just means, you know, looking around on the Internet. Mm-hmm. But then you can also take whatever, if you're an Thinking about a service business, you take that service and you offer it using online gig economy uh, marketplace. You offer it there and you find out, are people buying this? If you're a graphic designer, there's lots of folks buying that. If you're a marketing Mm -hmm. expert, there's lots of folks buying that. So you have to find out where are people buying and you go to that place. So and and that makes that's a good point there because when we talk about the gig economy, it's foreign to a lot of people, but it's a reality to the ones of us that's out here, and we see it every day. You know, I was talking to a group of um, baby boomers that's done thirty years in government, and all of them are doing some form of side hustle, they call it. You know, but then they can turn that into something that, if the market bears it or wants it, they can turn it into a full, full flush business. Speak to that. Oh, absolutely. I call that um, Tanya building a gig pyre. <laughs> I call it gigapreneur. Okay, <laughs> a gig pyre. So, <clears throat> and this is the deal. A lot of people don't know what the term gig means. Mm-hmm. My definition, the Angela Heath definition of gig is simple. It's any work you do that is for pay, for earnings, and it's not full-time with benefits. So that's your seasonal, your part-time, your consulting, your contracting. All of that is gigs because a gig is simply a short-term opportunity to earn some money. Absolutely. You can actually, I mean, I had a consulting company. We didn't call that gig work back then, but it definitely was gigs. I get a, you know, one-month contract, a six-month contract, a three-year contract. Those are short-term, limited, no benefits. So you can definitely build a living with a gig pyre and still maintain that great lifestyle that Mm -hmm. people want want to have. That's a great, great definition because I know um, I talk a lot about the gigapreneur. I call it gigpreneur, and and I go into organizations and say this is what you're competing with. This is why your employees are, are disengaged. And if you don't get in, get them engaged, they're going to go and get engaged with the gig, you know, gig gig economy. And so they look at me like, wow, what's going on? But but I do think that we're getting ready to see a paradigm shift into the gig economy, and we're going to talk about that. we got to go to a break, and we're going to talk about, you know, this is really good because I hope you guys are hearing exactly what the expert is saying about the gig economy. She's breaking it down. She's telling you that the, the good and the bad with it, but also she's telling you how you can position yourself when you're thinking about transitioning, especially with the health insurance and, the, you know, your energy level, your spending. 
We're going to take a break right now because we got some more stuff to talk about. So I'll see you in 30 seconds. Have you put in place the tools and marketing strategies that will drive the revenue and growth outcomes for your business? Are you looking to expand your brand and image nationally and globally? Commercials, podcasting, graphics, and marketing support are just some of the ways we can dress up your business for prime time. We are EliteConversations.com. To learn more about us, check us out at EliteConversations.com, our website, email us at ecpodcastmedia at gmail.com, or call us at 301-900-5703. There are many people that need to know about the wonderful products and services you have to offer. Let Elite Conversations help you to get the word out. Hi, this is Tanya Morris. I'm excited to introduce to you a book that I have, Before You Say I Do to Entrepreneurship. This is my pride. I've been looking to do this book for a while. Um, What you need to know before you transition from your 9 to 5 job, you can get this book on Amazon, um, on my website, Transition-Enterprises. This book will show you steps that you need to take before you say I do. I hope you consider this book. I'm excited for you. Let's go. We're back. If you are just joining on, you are missing a whole lot of information. We've just talked a lot about the gigpreneur, the gig economy, what that looks like. Angela just dropped a lot of knowledge about some key factors. So we want to get back into this, Angela. I'm, I'm really, I'm really enjoying a lot of this here. One of the last things you talked about how to position yourself. You know, taking a 360 assessment, understanding your sweet spot the market research, what people are buying, and then you also said the cheaply, the cash. Talk to me about the 401K, not to, you know, go through all of that because businesses do fail. Absolutely. Today, um, Tanya, people can start a business for just a few thousand dollars. Mm -hmm. So there's no need to, um, and of course, caveat, it depends on what kind of business you want to build. Clearly, if you are developing the next Facebook you are going to have to invest millions of dollars in it. Right. But if you're doing a service business where you're taking your talents and your skills and you're offering those in the marketplace, you can start a company for just a few thousand dollars. I agree with that. You know, statistics show that 60% of people who start small businesses are between the age of 40 and 60. How much of it do you attribute to experience and what are some of the key, some of the factors? Because you said service, so I do think service has a lot to do with experience as well. Absolutely. I mean, come on, let's think about it. If you've lived 40, 50, 60 years, you've learned a lot. You've mm. had a lot of positions in corporate America, so you have a huge skill set. You have wisdom that sometimes people don't respect, but you have right. wisdom. You have contacts. That's one of the keys. Because mm-hmm. people just coming into the workforce, they are developing their contacts. But you and I both know contacts equal opportunity, equal absolutely. income, equal sales, right? Right, absolutely. Yes, yeah, so I, mature people have so much to offer. 
You know, and I think about it. I mean, even think about myself. You know, I did 25 years in human resources. Of course, I had contact. I had a lot of experience, a lot of certification. Why wouldn't I hire myself, right? Right. And I and I do realize that it is a mindset because I got to tell my story all the time. When I first came out the workforce, you know, I had my money right, but my mind was not right. I had a fixed employee mindset. Talk right. to me about that because that really can hinder you, and it did hinder me for a little bit. Exactly. So that whole thought shift has to go from being an employee to an owner of a business so that you now see if you're starting off by yourself or your your team, you now see that as a brand, a living entity that must be fed contracts. (laughs) Mm -hmm. It must grow up. It must get structure, processes, foundation. It must get all of the same things that IBM and Facebook, those same things, maybe not to the same scale. And small businesses can use a lot of that automation to prop them up. But the mentality has to be, I am an owner. And it also has to be that I won't fail. We can never go into business successfully expecting to fail. Some people call that burning the ships. Mm, So when you think you don't have a plan B, your plan A will work. Wow. Now, that's a mind shift for sure, right? And, you know, and I tell my clients all the time, there is a difference between an employee and an entrepreneur. Employees climb a ladder and an entrepreneur create ladders. And that's the difference. Mm-hmm. And so when you come out, you got to know the difference. And, you know, and, and again, I go back to your, that, the assessment that's going to help you to even to determine if this is even for you, right? right. Mm-hmm. Because um, people say, you know, entrepreneur can be hard. I think it's a journey. I think we all have it within ourselves. What, what's your thought about that? Oh, absolutely. You know, children, when they are born, they mm-hmm. are filled with possibility, Yes. They are filled with possibility. But somewhere along life's journey, people we love, people who don't like us, everybody is telling us what we can and can't do, how we can earn income, how we can't. You get the good government job, you get the blue oh. You know what I mean? They're telling us, go to school, don't major in that, major in this. Right. And kids are then molded into right. this thing that can become very inflexible. And that's why I love millennials. Because mm-hmm. they're breaking that mold and they're saying, yes. I am not going after the traditional. I am going to take all of me and package it in such a way that I can offer it in the marketplace. You're absolutely right. And a lot of parents, you know, I know I did what my parents told me, go to school, that one blueprint, that's all they knew. And my husband and I made a decision. We was going to disrupt that for our generation. And my, both of my boys are entrepreneurs. Yes, they went to school. One of them went to school and graduated, but he's a successful entrepreneur. And my youngest one, he has three businesses. And, you know, and again, I think that the time today has changed, and we have to shift with it. Now, I'm not saying education is not important, but there are so many different ways of making money, and I think we have to make sure we allow our kids and even ourselves to look at possibilities. We don't look at possibilities anymore. And Absolutely, and I think that people who are going to college, they should go to college with the mindset that I am going here to learn how to earn. And they leave 
saying, here's some talent skills that I'm going to earn with. A lot of people pay their college tuition while they're there creating businesses. So do you have any success stories of individuals who have started their business in a later age? Oh, gosh, I have tons of success stories. (laughs) I'm Um, sure. This is one that I love. um, I won't say the most, but I love it a lot. Um, A friend of mine was laid off and, you know, I'm suing the company. They laid me off. It was not right. Um, And we looked at what does she love to do? And she, her house was just beautiful. She was very creative. And so it's like, okay, do something that you love to do. So she started off staging homes. The materials that she used to stage actually came from her own house because she had a beautiful house filled with furniture, filled with goodies. So she was doing that for a while. And then I said, you know, there, she had managed some properties and was always, you know, getting something built on these properties. And I said, you know, maybe that's something you could move into. And she's like, what? I was like, there are people who will let you do that, manage that whole process, who don't want to do it. I was her first customer. I allowed her to remodel my bathroom. I picked nothing out. It was a total surprise. And that started her today. Fast forward, it's only been five or six years. She has a very successful construction company. Really? She's a general contractor, and she works with two subcontractors. And she doesn't even do staging anymore because she's making too much money in construction. Wow. That's five years. Wow, that's awesome. And, and, and that's important for our listeners to hear. It can be anything that the market is willing to, you know, to bear. And that's why it's important to do the market research because oftentimes the things that you think nobody's going to pay for is the thing that they would pay for. Now, who would ever thought a woman going into the construction in the construction industry, a male dominant, you know, industry, and she's doing very well, all and because she, of bathroom. in corporate America, she was in communications, nothing wow. related, but it was her hobby and her passion that brought her to that calling. You know, I, I want to say something about the hobby and the passion. You know, oftentimes I find, and you can give me your input, say, for example, like for me, I worked in the human resources. So when I came out, I started an HR consultant firm. And in my mind, that was the safe way, right, because that's no, that's what I know and that's what I've been doing. And if you're not careful, you will create another job for yourself. And right. that's what I did when I first came out. And now that I decided that, you know what, I really want to do something, help professional women and men transition out of the work, that's a passion for me. And talk to that because a lot of people really get tripped up on that and they think because I've been doing this here, the door is going to swing open. And sometimes the gift that or the business that you should go into may be something that may be a hobby or something that you're passionate about that you never thought about, you know, because it's hard to – the transition is easy to go from something you've been doing, but is it, again, you, I found myself creating a job, and it didn't right. feel good to me. Right. i give you another example. I met a gentleman uh, up in New York, and he told his story. He was a very successful, very successful attorney. This is how he made like over $100-some-thousand uh, pretty much doing nothing. His son 
was not that good in baseball. He used to play baseball in college. He taught his son how to play baseball. Everybody, all the parents were like, oh, your son improved 200%. Help my son, help my son, help my son. Mm. He said, I don't have time for this. So he did a video series with, you know, showing kids how to improve in baseball. He had somebody do a sales web, um, website, a one-page website with some videos on it, did some SEO, search engine optimization on it, made a hundred and some odd thousand dollars. It wow. took him a total of maybe about 10 hours of his time. Are you kidding? No. There's so much out there. You know, I know people who are quilters, you know, who were in corporate America doing something totally unrelated, who have now parlayed that um, talent into corporate quilts. Wow. Where corporations can gift them or they can display them in their lobby. You know, what I'm hearing through this conversation, I hope the listeners are hearing this here, creativity trumps all day long. Just being creative. I know you have to execute and you have to put a plan in place and all of that. But I don't think we have ever been taught to use our imagination on the possibility. And I think you said it earlier. The possibility is so powerful. We just get told what to do. Right, right. You know? We We lose that inner child. Yes, that's right. That's exactly right. Now, when you, how did you decide that you were going to do what you're doing and then become the gig expert? Well, I mean, I've been doing this kind of work for quite a long time. Twelve years ago, I produced AARP's program, Think of Your Entrepreneurial Future. I did a lot of work with them around, you know, corporate aging, a lot of that stuff. Mm -hmm. So I had already been doing this. You know, I'm not new to this game. But my son got sick, and um, he was in the hospital and dealing with cancer for three and a half years. And I had to close my consulting company because I had to travel all over the country. I said, I'm not doing that with my baby in the hospital. And long story short, what I did is that 360 analysis on myself. And I Mm -hmm. said, I love training. I love speaking. I love helping people. I love the baby boomer generation and all of the things that they face, because that's all what I've done my whole career. And I just put it online. I took it, put it online. I mean, now I'm building, I'm still building the business, Mm -hmm. but I love what I do so much. I love to help people. I love them to see the possibilities. I love them to get that first sale. I love that. And I think what you said earlier we got to take some time and, and, and talk to ourselves. We really do. we got to take time. And this is what I ask my clients, you know, what is it that you want? And sometimes they don't know. You know, when you get quiet and you think, you know, oh, if I had this, I, if I had this, I'd do this and do that. But when you ask somebody, what is it that you want? Don't give me the money. Just describe that, you know. Or what is it that you like to do? And just don't give me the political terminology. Just like you said, I like to train. I like to help older, you know, older people. All those different things. Then you looked at it and looked at an opportunity. And I think we need to do that. But oftentimes, we that is so snatched away from us. We don't even know it from day to day. I remember when I first came out, and I had said to myself, I walked in my closet. I had a closet moment. I knew I was coming out, and I told myself I was coming out, and I knew what I was going to be doing. 
But I went in my closet for the first time, and I, and I looked at all the stuff that I had in my closet. And the, the stuff is the, the suits and all these power suits and all this kind of stuff, right? And I denounced it. I said, you know what? I don't even belong. This this stuff don't belong here no more. This is who I am. I had to really define who I was and what it is that I wanted. I had said to myself, I've been an employee. I've been a wife. I've been a mother, sister. I've been told all my life what I should do and what I shouldn't do. Now it's time for some disruption. What is it that you want to do? What makes you happy? So my, I got rid of 40 bags of clothes because I was peeling back what it is that who I am and then what I wanted to do. And I knew I wanted to help people, but I wanted to do it in a fun way, in an authentic way. So my closet right now, I don't have probably about one or two suits, but everything in there is just fun. And I okay. say that is because I didn't have any creativity for my life, so therefore I didn't have no possibility for my life. Does that make sense? Mm, it does, it does. And I had to have a closet moment in order for me to get to where I'm at right now. Because I was told, you know, in order for somebody to take you seriously to wear the power suit and you got to do this and got to do that, I didn't want that anymore. I wanted to be an authentic. I wanted creativity. And so when I purged and got rid of what used to be, I was able to walk into what it is, you know, the possibility. So I so appreciate that possibility um, statement because it does resonate with me. I know we are running out of time, and we're going to take another break, and then we're going to come back and we're going to close it up. This is some good stuff here. Are you ready to join the billion-dollar podcasting industry? If so, Blake's Booth Podcasting Studio is ready for you. Whether you're just starting out and have no equipment or you are a seasoned pro but need help with production, Blake's Booth Podcasting Studio has everything you need. Conveniently located in Middletown, Delaware, Blake's state-of-the-art production facilities make producing your first or 100th podcast a breeze. No matter what kind of project you have in mind, the professionals at Blake's Booth Podcasting Studio can help with your production or give you the tools to produce it on your own. At the heart of Blake's Booth Podcasting Studio is award-winning blogger, vlogger, and CEO Antoinette Blake. And her goal is simple, to help one more entrepreneur be successful. So stop making excuses and start making your podcast, audiobook, e-course, and other online dreams come true. Call Blake's Booth Podcasting Studio now. 302-261-3530. That's 302-261-3530. We are back. We oh God, we've had time is running out. We've had so much of a good time talking about how to leverage your age and experience to start your own business. I just want to recap it for those who are just now listening. We got our Angela Heath about the gig economy or gigpreneur. She she's dropped some major nuggets. Angela, if I can ask you. You know, we talked about what individuals need to do in the workplace, how they need to position themselves, some of the things they need to think about. If somebody's out there listening right now, they're 45, and I'm going to give you two scenarios. They're 45 and they've been downsized, whatever, they've been requested to leave. How would you ask, uh, recommend that they transition into entrepreneur? And then the second one for those who are positioning themselves. So it's two different ways, like you said, depending on how you transition. Give us some uh, some thoughts about if you if one of those people that don't know what's next, how would you go about finding next next possibility, I should say? I love that. If you are displaced, I would suggest that you actually set a cutoff date to grieve that position. Oh, that's good. It's critical that you get that out of your system so you can go forward. So mark your calendar. 
And when that day comes, stop it. Move forward. I would tell you to take some time to think. What is it you want? Use your imagination. Have no limits. And after you've gone through a process of soul searching, only then would I say, build yourself up. Change your mindset that now you are the master of your own domain. Then you start your business. But get the head right first. Get the head right. Like you said, get your head right. And so many people don't do that. We don't agree. And this is the first time I ever heard that because some of us spent years working at the same place. I know when I left, and my left, it it wouldn't my transition was not, you know, it was almost automation, you know, automative, uh, meaning that I had to leave pretty much. And you're right, grieving. Oh, my God, that's, that's powerful, grieving. Yeah. Okay. So if you're an entrepreneur by choice, and you're exiting out of corporate America, government, what have you, I would say before you leave, get all your ducks in a row. Before you leave, start investigating. You know, how am I going to purchase health insurance? What benefits am I going to access? Um, How am I going to structure myself so that I can start testing some of this and still give my job the fullest, because you don't want to start your business by cheating your job. Mm. So you're going to put some extra effort out to build the business, but get the foundation in place first, because if the foundation is loose, has cracks, that will make you run back to corporate America. Absolutely. Once you've got your foundation in place, then start looking for clients, start looking for customers. You know, as long as it's not against your employment contract, right? Do a little side hustles. Mm-hmm. When that starts to grow, this is idealistic. When that starts to grow to the point where it can support you, then you say, "I'm bringing a cake in. This is my last week, month, whatever it is." I, now I like that, but I I can't get past the displacement because so many people miss this. They get it. They get displaced. They they angry at the world, and you really can't really go full throttle when you're grieving, and yeah. that's so important. But on the flip side, like you said, getting your ducks in place, you know, making sure you have your finance. That's the biggest thing for me. Before I, it took me longer than I wanted to, but because I had kids going to college, and and I'm more, I'm big on finances. I need to make sure this money gonna be right. So when I get out here. And I need I need to make sure stuff was paid off. So you absolutely right. Who's gonna pay well? Who's gonna do the insurance? That getting your ducks right. it makes the life the springboard so much easier to spring. You know, right. when you right. did the foundational pieces of it. I really love that piece piece of what you just talked about. Um, do you find? And my last piece I was gonna ask. You know, when you find have you found that when people truly gig, they have turned that into entrepreneurship even while they were working. Yeah, I mean, every this is the this is the deal. There's no prescription. Right. Everybody has the right and the skills and the mindset to go wherever they want. Today, the world is our oyster. There are people who are 50 plus who are traveling the world and they're mm-hmm. blogging about travel. And I don't know exactly how much money they make but they're traveling the world and they're happy. 
You know, there are people who say, you know, I actually want to take these talents and move it into the nonprofit world. I'm going to go for two or three days a week and build up this nonprofit that I believe in. And that's their business and that's their hustle. And they're happy. Yeah. You know, I think it's about happiness. It is. Absolutely. You know, and then there are people who want, you know, some big tower with their name on it and they build toward that and they're happy. I think that the opportunities are just so open that you can define what success means for you and you need to look at the totality of your life. You heard it on this podcast. I mean, you can determine your life. You can write your own script. You can write the life. You can design the life that you crave, whether it's lifestyle, whatever. And really, we believe that, I believe that the economy has changed and it's allowing us through technology to be able to do just what we just talked about today. And we're going to have to close up. I mean, this is a great conversation. I think we can be here all day talking about how (laughs) we all can position and no other person than Angela definitely can tell. She's seen it. She got. She has some testimonials. She's doing it. I'm doing it. And so if you are listening to this show, one thing I will tell you is transition on the move. And what that means is that we all are on the move. It depends on how you want to move. There are so many different ways you're going to move. And Angela just told us a lot of different ways, especially if you're 45 and above, you still can move. Don't think you got to stay there. You can move. And so this podcast is designed to to energize, to motivate, and, and also educate and transform you so you can live the life that you crave. We are on every Thursday at 7 p.m. I encourage you guys to um, listen in, especially for those who are just kind of thinking about it. Um, if you need more information about how you can transition, you can go to www.transition-enterprises.com. I got a lot of information out there about how you can live the life you, you crave. And we want to hear from Angela. Angela, tell people how they can reach you and your website information. Yeah, I would encourage people to join my Facebook group, Baby Boomers Make Money. If you're in that group, we share a lot of good tips and tools there, free opportunities. We do a broadcast on Thursdays live on Facebook. And they can always reach me on my website at AngelaHeathSpeaks.com. You heard it the first time. I, like I tell you, there's so many ways. You don't have to build somebody else's empire. You can build your own step by step. And she just gave us a snippet of some of the things that we can begin to look at, like the 360, do some market research. And, you know, she's told us how you need to grieve if you've been displaced or if the per- if you want to, if you got the foundation and you want to go ahead and transition. Now, make sure you got your stuff in order. In order for you to transition on the move, you have to be prepared. Again, this is Tanya on the move. Well, that's it for this edition of On the Move with Tanya Morris. If you're ready to transition from employee to entrepreneur, why not visit Tanya's website and get started today? Go to transition-enterprises.com. That's transition-enterprises.com.